Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jeff and Pastor Jay about the sermon from May 31st, 2020. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Faith Church podcast, episode 21. Is that right? Is it 21? 21. Wow. 21. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jay Williams, one of the pastors at Faith Church, and joining me is another pastor at Faith Church, Jeff Clossy. Hello, everybody. I was waiting. Hi, for Jay. Them to say, I was waiting for them to say hi. Yeah, you're supposed to say hi to me. Well, I like to say hi to everyone who's listening as well. Okay. But I also say hello, Jay. Hello, Jay. And hello, Christoph, who's helping us record this. Yes. Christoph waved. Christoph waved to everyone. Hello, friends. There's another reference for people. Uh, some people. I feel like all my references are only for like six people. Is that accurate? Yeah, I didn't catch what that one was. Yeah, you wouldn't. That's all right. Somebody will. <laughs> Somebody listening to this will you know what wouldn't. I'm saying. <laughs> when I say you wouldn't. <laughs> no, I feel like that all the time. And then usually I'll get a text from somebody who will say, oh, I got that. And it's and it's fun. Those are my favorite kinds of references. If I make a reference that everybody knows, it's not as much fun. I so. can understand that. Yeah. I'm glad you can understand that. Jeff, how was your week? It is a balmy 90 degrees today is what it I is. hear. It's supposed to be the high. Yes. I actually at first thought, am I looking at the right location right now on the weather? How did that happen? Um, the bike ride in this morning was a little warmer than normal. The bike ride home is going to be like a furnace. It was like a that's sauna. That's going to be really exciting. Yeah. I, I was not expecting to walk out into the middle of a like a little steam bath and I walked out do you so now a lot of people don't realize Jeff I just learned recently that you moved so I didn't well about said I learned recently that you moved from Ottawa that's not true I knew you had moved from Ottawa but yes I just learned recently that Ottawa is quite hot in the summers yeah I was about to say it's almost as hot as Canada today when we moved to Canada probably like almost everyone listening you would just assume you're moving to a cooler place in the sense of temperature. And so we rented a place that did not have an air conditioner and I didn't think anything of that until summer came. And a couple locals said to me, oh, it does get a little humid. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Humid for you is not humid for me and hot. Well, I was wrong. It was 98 degrees there last week. 98 and Fahrenheit. Humid. Yeah, and humid. Yeah, that, yeah, that is... I did not realize that at all. Me that, either. Why would anyone want to live there then? Because you have the harsh. That's one of my favorite things about here is I love the winter, but mm -hmm. then the summer is quite mild here, relatively speaking. And yeah. So then why would you want to live in a place where your winters are even harsher? Aren't they than here? Yeah. That's the thing. It's extreme in both directions. And yeah. at least in Ottawa, I don't know if it is, it's probably not as much in some areas, but Ottawa is a very extreme capital. Yeah, that's that's similar to lower like where I grew up in Iowa. It was like that. You'd have very harsh. You could have very harsh winters, but then you'd have incredibly hot and humid summers. Uh, it's all the cornfields. I don't know why those make it more humid, but holy cow! So, uh, so yeah. Whenever I get days like this, and it's so interesting here that it was what two days ago it was cold. We had a frost yes. advisory two days ago. Yes. So that was kind of that's kind of fun. You just gotta have to try to embrace it, right? Yeah, that's the secret, so you, I think. 
So you rode your bike. You're embracing it by riding your bike in because I challenged your bike riding manhood last week. And so I think you're going to prove a point this week. Um, I think I challenged you, it on the podcast. You did. And did. did you ride your bike today? Uh, no, because it's oh. hot. Oh. I did. Look, my, that's clear for everybody. My bike riding credentials are not the ones that are on trial here. I have never claimed <laughs> oh. to be a biker, but you are Mr. Bike Commuter. You've got, people don't realize you, Jeff has the equivalent of a 15 passenger van for a bike. I do. He can, he can take at least 12 small people on it. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm amazed by that. I'm impressed by that, but that's not me. So I don't claim that. So therefore... You can't you can't hurt me when it comes to riding my bike in. That was a good try. I'm untouchable, Jeff. I'm untouchable. <laughs> How was your weekend, Jay? Uh, yeah, it was really good to gather with some people to uh, worship on Sunday, and uh, we got in. I got to replace a battery in my car because my battery was uh, dead, dead, and my son wanted to play basketball in the driveway, and I couldn't jump it. I couldn't do anything, and I thought, well, it's time to replace it. And then it was much more difficult to replace than I thought it was going to be. Oh, and then no. I, um, because I'm not super handy and, uh, they don't always make it super easy. And then I went and got the battery, put it back in and went to turn the vehicle on and it was still dead. Oh no. So also fun fact that even if you put it in neutral, it doesn't allow you to push it. I'm not it's sure. It's exactly the emergency brake on. Uh, no, but okay. Just <laughs> that's trying not to help. A, it's not a terrible question. <laughs> Wait, now that I think about it, my foot was on the brake. Is that a problem? <laughs> no, I, I think the wheels were just so stiff and stuck that they. I don't know what the deal was. It was crazy. So, but eventually we got it to start. So nice. We're happy. That's awesome. So that was basically my weekend was doing all of that and then taking care of little projects. But uh, that is, yeah, and so worshiping together was great and so speaking of we should probably talk about the sermon and yes let's do it other things so now that people have fast forwarded through this i think people <laughs> maybe put us up to double time on that first part but whatever i'm okay um, with that it takes us a little bit to get warmed up it does right so this weekend the we looked at the last section of the lord's prayer the last section, at least according to the ESV. So next week, I think we might touch on the whole, the last line that is included that most of us grew up saying, if you grew up saying Lord's Prayer, you probably grew up saying, for yours is the kingdom and glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, but that's that's not we're, that that's not in some of the earliest manuscripts, it's not in the ESV, which is what we were doing. And so we can talk about that next week. But what we did talk about this week was uh, del- or lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Jeff, I'm curious, normally Robbie kind of turns this around and asks like, what was it like preparing there leading up to it? But I'm curious what for you uh, stood out or anything that you would like to publicly rebuke me on or correct me on right now? Like I would say, let the record show. And then I would say whatever that thing is. Is sure. that what you mean? Okay. Sure. No, I have no rebuke. Jay this week did you can breathe easily I actually really enjoyed it like I said last week I enjoy the sermons quite a lot at this church that I'm a pastor at but um this this phrase is super important that you preached on like the timing of it to me was 
not chance. No. There's a lot going on in the world. There is a lot going on in the world. And and that was difficult. So I guess that does go to the whole preparation part of it was that I I had to think sometimes it's very difficult when you're preparing a message. It's not just so simple as, well, just repeat what the Bible says or just teach actually what it says. The whole uh, a huge part of preaching is trying to stir up the congregation to love and good works and to inspire them to follow Jesus from God's word and then to apply it to our everyday lives. Like that's, that's a big part of it. And so coming to this passage and looking at all of the things that we are facing right now and all of the uh, clear areas, shared areas where the enemy is able to tempt us right now and where we could fall into temptation and fall into evil. It was, it was kind of a challenge you know, like to zero in and say, okay, what angle, like, where do I want God? Where do you want me to focus on? Do you want me to, to focus on um, things that have to do with the pandemic and the responses around that or on the riots that are happening? And, and then not to mention all of the things that I know human beings are dealing with on a daily basis, you know? So it's, it, it was, it was quite a challenge to kind of rein that in. And so I, and through praying about it, I really did kind of zero in on the um, just being aware and being mindful of how the enemy is looking to lure us and how we are easily lured. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing that I just kept coming back to is saying we're not even we're not even hard to lure. Um, it's it's kind of our default is to be lured, and so that that's where I was. But man. I, I knew I was a little concerned. In fact, people don't realize I was so concerned. Um, a little look behind the curtain when I recorded the message. Like I didn't want, I wanted it to come off as, I wanted people to hear my heart. And it's very difficult when you're preaching to a camera to know how people are receiving it. So I find myself often right now after being done wondering, okay, are people going to receive that in the way that I mean for it to be received? And so I actually... Jeff, had you listened to the last 15 minutes of the sermon, I wasn't going to make you sit through the whole thing twice, um, but the last 15 minutes and just said, hey, did this, does this come off as like angry at all or anything? Because it's not, that's not what my heart is, but it's just so difficult to not see the facial expressions on people yes. where I can course correct. You know, I've, I've said things before where I see, oh man, you seem like, that seemed like it kind of hit a little harshly. I need to soften that or I need to redirect that and, and explain more what I mean. But right now you're just, you're flying blind. Um, and so I relied on Jeff and Jeff was gracious to say, no, he didn't feel like it was over the top. No. And I thought it was a really, so specifically it, if you have forgotten the end of the sermon from Sunday, which would which not be surprising, that's nope. just normal, that normal. Uh, for all of us, but specifically the part that struck me was the call for community and the call for responsibility for one another as a distinguishing like mark of that kind of community that we're talking about, as opposed to Jay used the example. I really like this of you love youth baseball and you feel like there's a community around that, but it's not the same sort of community we're talking about when we talk about the community of faith, the people Mm -hmm. of faith together. So yeah, when I listened to it, I thought, man, this is a really important point, and it's one that I know I just need to hear over and over again, and that I don't think any of us really have fully figured out. I don't think there's anyone who could say, I get this, and I know exactly how to do it. It's something that 
we're all learning how to do together. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciated it. So we had some interesting conversations cause I, I thought it might be good during this time to expand it a little bit then and say, okay, we definitely hit on that point of, um, of community and what is that what's the difference between having a sense of community and having biblical community and we've gotten some really good responses from that i'm really encouraged um i i one of the things i love about this church is that more often than not if i if i make the case biblically uh people will people will hear it and i'll often get responses from people saying i i i wasn't sure that i understood this or understood where you're coming from or I, I, that pushed on me, but I, um, but I appreciate it and, and it's turned them more towards God's word. And that's basically the, the best encouragement that I could get. Um, but right now, Jeff, this is, this whole idea of lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil is so, uh, so important right now. And you and I were talking about this earlier. And so I, I, I just would like you know, kind of open the door for you to share some of those thoughts. Like you're forget about what was actually preached on Sunday, but just this idea of praying this prayer of lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil right now, when we look around and we see all kinds of destruction and evil going on um, around us and within us, what does this look like to be praying this prayer right now in this, in this climate? Man, you know, all jokes aside, one of the things I love about riding into work is that I have time to really think in which I'm not doing anything else mm -hmm. um, other than just staying on the road. And this morning as I was riding in, as I often do, I was praying through the Lord's Prayer. And I had a moment of just thanking God that Jesus gave us this prayer to pray. Like I, I find that in the middle of a pandemic with racial injustice, with demonstrations that are peaceful during the day that then turn into riots at night. There's a lot to process right now. And I think it's hard for a lot of us who sincerely want to know what, what would be the best thing for me to do right now? How can I help? How can I be Jesus right now? Imitate him. It's helpful for me to know. I know for sure one thing I can do is pray the Lord's Prayer. And as I thought that this morning... I thought, isn't it interesting how there's this us throughout it? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's all the way through it. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. And then it's do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And what struck me was who do I attribute us to when I pray that? Like, who am I thinking of? And the most obvious one for me is I'm thinking immediately of myself, my family, this church, right? That That's just natural. But I had a moment of thinking, you know, I think Jesus also intends for us to be thinking even more broadly than that. I mean, surely when he said, love your neighbor as yourself, and then someone said, who is my neighbor? The answer he gave was not, well, the two houses on either side of you and the one in front of you and behind you. It was like actually... You're called to be neighborly and loving to all people. Right. And so I think that when we pray these things, it really struck me. We can pray these for everybody right now because we need this. We all need what this prayer encompasses and what Jesus is getting at. And specifically from this week, we all need to be delivered from evil, all of us.
So let's, let's think about that for a second, because I think that's a really important point that one of the things that has taken a been on the back burner of every single one of these messages is the fact that it's not just Jesus telling us this is how you should pray for yourself. It's how you pray for us. And right now, uh, it obviously people are pretty much in agreement that our country is quite divided right now, but it's not just our country. It's our, it's our communities. It's, uh, even in our own neighborhoods, we're divided on a lot of these things. And in our own church, we become divided on these things. And so I'm going to, I keep harping on the idea of unity that we need to have unity around the gospel, not unity around stances like political stances or unity in, um, a, you know, even even how we're gathering. I mean, it's funny that leading up to this, I would have thought the biggest issue I was dealing with was people wanting to gather versus do we gather all of us together at one time or do we not? Um, but then, of course, uh, you know, this the the riots and the protests and and all this comes up, and I I look at it and yeah, just that reminder that it's it's us, it's delivering all of us, and that means people who disagree with you. Yes. I mean, it. it specifically when Jesus says, love your neighbor, he's choosing an example. When they say, who is my neighbor? He's choosing an example that everyone would have said, well, that person's not part of us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's saying, yeah, them. And so he's, he's, it's more like you articulated. Well, Jeff, it's more about, are you being a neighbor? Are you being a good neighbor? Are you being neighborly? And so when we're praying this Lord, deliver us from evil uh, it is it is all the people. And right now, I think what's what the one thing that we all have in common right now is that there's somebody who is causing us frustration. There's some if you're on Facebook at all right now, yeah. no, nobody is happy when they're on it. Everybody no. is frustrated. Everybody has some some feed, someone in their feed that makes them want to punch their computer screen. Um, if you don't, then you're likely not on Facebook and I had avoided it completely. I stopped posting at all. And then recently I've been back on it just very, in very small amounts. Um, but I can't go on there 30 seconds without being frustrated. And I think everybody has that. So whatever your viewpoint is on any of these things, somebody's going to frustrate you. The question is, could you pray that as Christians, as Christ followers, we should be praying for them and not praying in, in a way that says, God, let them see things the way that I see them so that then they'll be right. But praying that we would all uh, be delivered from and wanting to see that. And so I think that's a really important prayer right now is just to be reminded and for Christians specifically to be reminded that you are to be united around the gospel. And so, so yes, we're supposed to pray that all of us um, are delivered from evil, but Another layer goes with your brothers and sisters in Christ that we are to be united um, around the gospel more than than divided by these other things. So I guess, I mean, Jeff, what do you think that looks like practically? Then, like, if I'm, I can pray it, but what does it look like to to actually live out the idea that I'm praying, deliver us from evil? Hmm. I think for me, uh, some of that comes from thinking about, like, what do I mean by deliver us from evil? Like, what is evil? Right. And the opposite, part of it, the other political party. Yeah, exactly. Is that what he meant? <laughs> no, he did not. Fill in you the know, blank one here. Thought, 
feeling this is just an aside jay uh let me help you here uh no (laughs) i would encourage everybody listening to take some time and you know this prayer comes from in the middle of the sermon on the mount jesus's like longest set of teachings really and most famous it would be a great exercise this week just to it starts if you go to matthew chapter Mm 5 just read it slowly and prayerfully and read all the way up to the Lord's Prayer. Read it, read past it too, but read all the things that they would have heard him say before he gave them this prayer. And it's just, a, you know, it's an amazing teaching on, on what it would be like to live as the image of God in this world and what it would look like for this prayer to really be answered in this world. Um, so part of, the, part of my thinking, back to what I was saying about what does it mean when I say deliver us from evil, I think about the evil specifically. Now, part of the answer to that question is it clearly is my own personal moral evil, like the things that I do that grieve God and that break his commandments and are go against who God is and what he calls me to be. So that's part of evil. You can add up all of our evil, all humans doing that, and that's part of what that prayer means. But evil is also not just the sum total of all human disobedience against God. That is not all of it. Another part of it is the evil one, evil forces that are actually, I think, kind of underneath our own moral evil. Uh, If you go all the way back to the creation story, right, you have God creating the first two humans, Adam and Eve, and then something arrives on the scene, this serpent that basically tempts them successfully away from God. And that's this picture, right, of evil that is beyond and probably underneath, maybe that's a better way of saying it our own personal moral evil. And when I have that in mind, that helps me to pray, deliver us from evil differently because I can see um, people that are doing things right now, um, whether it's like a police officer doing something evil, like just happened in Minnesota, or um, someone who's doing something on Facebook, like you mentioned, Jay, that I find, ah, that's offensive. (laughs) I wish you hadn't said that. Whatever the thing is, I can pray that God would deliver that person from evil. And I can have in mind that not only are they, um, not only is an act being committed that is evil, but that person also needs deliverance from it. I don't know if I'm articulating that clearly, but we are, all of our evil actions come, yes, from within us, but there's more going on than just our choice. Can you expand on that a little bit, Jay? You get what I'm trying to say? So. We are also victims yeah. of evil, right? And the evil one is what I'm saying. And yeah, we're being... we are not powerful enough to deliver ourselves from that. No. That's why we ask God to deliver us from it. Well, and therein lies what I think is at the crux for so many people is that we have to understand that on every side of this right now there is a an underlying worldview of secular humanism that that humans are able to deliver ourselves from evil. That if we just implemented the right policies if we just allowed the right things and for, and and would make laws against the wrong things and all were in agreement on all that then we would be delivered from evil and that is just not true because e- the root of evil is is far it's it's far beyond our actions it's it's sin um, you know sin infects every area of ourselves and it is perpetrated by a real enemy who is there who is who is committed 
to destroying mm-hmm. us and to defaming the name of, of God. And uh, so we need to be, we have to be aware of that, that there's no, there's no policy that can deliver us from evil. There's no um, amount of understanding that will deliver us from evil. It is, it is only the king who can deliver us uh, fully, and he will fully and finally deliver us from evil. And so, so that's, that's part of it is we have to be careful not to put our hope in humanity to deliver us um, and, and understand what the role of that is. But I think you're also making a really good point that, um, that we need to see and we need to have compassion on those. Uh, I, I am reminded of, you know, when Jesus is healing and having compassion on those who are uh, possessed. It, a, a demon possession is a very clear example where this person's not in their right mind. Um, they don't, they're not seeing things rightly. And so they may do vulgar things or lash out or harm people. But then you see this exorcism and you see the, the evil spirit come out of them and then they are left. And, and we, we can have sympathy on those kinds of things. But the reality is that we are all victim to that at different times. The whole, our, Mm -hmm. the human condition is that we don't see things rightly. And sometimes it's in extreme ways and sometimes it's in more subtle ways but the reality is, is that we are constantly being um, entire enticed by our own desires, and and so we need to have sympathy and compassion and understanding with other people and pray that they actually would be delivered from that. We want to pray that all of us yes. would see the kingdom and would see the king, see the king, and be devoted um, to him and to trust in him for his wisdom. Um, but none of us do that fully. And we need one another to be praying constantly that we would be guarded from that and and delivered from that. It's interesting how these phrases of this prayer are not independent of each other, isn't it? Like, even as you said that, I was thinking, yeah, like, that's why we pray your kingdom Kingdom come, come. your will be done on earth as in heaven, right? And give us this day our daily bread. Like, all of those things are, they're all connected and it's helpful, I think, to do them separately the way we have, because we can actually really think about what am I saying and why am I why am I praying this? Right. But in the end, it's actually a whole, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole prayer that's that's meant to be prayed together. Um, yeah. The I just thought of Ephesians six, right? The full armor of God passage, and I'll just read two verses. This is six eleven and six twelve, but related to this idea of evil says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I think if you have that in mind, like for me, if I have that in mind when I ask God deliver us from evil and I'm thinking us as in not just me, not just my family, not just my church, but all of us, it really changes like the tenor of what I'm saying and what I'm, what I'm asking God. Yeah. Which, and, and this, when we realize that, that we're united in that battle, that we're all in that same boat to an extent, then we realize that it's not how those things play themselves out. That is the problem or the issue, the main issue. There are those issues Mm. and those issues are real, but the reality is whenever we get into an us versus them mentality, then Mm. (laughs) invariably we see us as the good guys and them as the bad guys. 
and the reality is that evil is permeating through all of us. It's it's not it, you you could have people who view things in a just way or in just unjust ways, but at the end of the day, we are all we are all lured by the sin that dwells in us, and um, and so we have to. So when we're praying that God would deliver us, it's it is all of us, and so. I, I think when I when I think about this, I think about how do we actually pray this right now. One of the things that I wish Christians and, and myself included, but it just like we have to be reminded of the the passage in in James um, James one nineteen where he says, "Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God." And the problem is that, that I look at this and I say, well, right, so I want other people to listen to me. But we need to be the ones to listen. We're, we're called, if you, are, if you belong to Christ, you are called to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And, and that our, our, the man, man's anger does not produce the righteousness of God. And it's just so easy in these situations. We all turn into children where we, yeah, but they're not listening, but they're not listening to me. And it just is, it's creating all kinds of division. And so right now, I, my, I, that's been my prayer is that we would just, that we would just pause and we would listen, especially when people are communicating things that are outside of our scope of experience. Yes. It, it just, it, nothing, nothing is more discouraging than when you're trying to explain um, or communicate your experience and people are unwilling to listen on, on any level. And so I think we need to be really mindful of that that would be my encouragement to the church right now is to just be very mindful about being quick to hear and hear other people as other human beings created in the image of God, not as enemies from the other side, but hear what people are actually saying um right now we were talking about this that you you have to not only do you have to say the right things but you have to say them all in the right way and we have so (laughs) many buzzwords and we are so quick to be offended we are so quick to jump i bet people could listen to this podcast and jump to all kinds of conclusions because we didn't say something in the right way um on, on either side like i i joke that i have the spiritual gift of offending everybody of every political persuasion but i think this is an example that you could listen to this from any point of view and say well you didn't say enough oh you said too much there or that you know you said the wrong phrase none of that characterizes being quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger and and we have to acknowledge who whose voice is that so when you hear a voice that says, I want to make them pay for this. I want to shame this person. I want to, I want to shut them down. I'm not going to listen to them. That's, does that sound like the spirit's voice or does that sound like the enemy's voice? Mm-hmm. And, and as we mentioned on Sunday, like somebody's lying, somebody that either the one that's demanding that, um, demanding things and, and shaming people or the one that is saying, I want to, I want to hear what they have to say and, and listen um, and then as Christ followers, our role is to follow the voice of the spirit and identify with the spirit in that. Does that make sense? I it feel like does. I feel it, like I took a it, hard ride at Albuquerque there. 
Well, there's it. It's so interesting. Left. Like, oops, I just did it. No, did I take a hard right there or a hard left? I don't know. You took a turn. How about I took that? A turn. Uh, it makes me think. So the other day, I had read something about it's more important to think about our posture right now as a follower of Jesus than it is to think about what our position is on everything. Right. And I think that that's really freeing. So if we just worry about our position, what do I think about this? What do I think about that? And then our main goal is just to communicate that position and defend it. Unfortunately, in the end, we don't do what you just described. We don't listen well. We are not slow to speak. And we get angry because people aren't going to agree. That's just the reality of the world. Mm -hmm. But if instead of focusing on my position, I can focus on my posture and I think that that passage is posture. There's a posture of being slow to speak yes. and, and wanting to listen. There's a posture of humility and being very open to being wrong. Like, I, like if I said something on this podcast, for example, that offended someone, I my call from Jesus is to have the posture of, yeah, you know what? I may have done that. I may have done it inadvertently. Like I'm just a human and I need to be ready to own that. And that, to me, that's a posture. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, I took that distinction to heart and I find that very freeing that right now is probably not the time where we need, we right now, listening to this podcast and me speaking on this podcast, we don't have to have all the answers, but right. we do know for sure that we need to be loving, caring, forgiving people. That's without a doubt. So yeah. I don't know, I find that freeing. Because having the answers and the position figured out can be a bit paralyzing. It, right, and that's this idea. I think we've we've bought into this, especially in Westernized evangelical Christianity, that it's about having the right answers. Mm-hmm. And and then you know people can take that and they can say, well, are you saying the truth doesn't matter? No, not at all. But we, but having the right answers on everything is not the goal. The goal is to to love God and love others. Now, part of loving God is, is proclaiming truth, but, but that should all be done in, in a, in a way that is with gentleness and respect and loving others that our posture in all of that should be, um, what is noticed more than anything. And so if, if I may be so bold right now in this moment, I would encourage, if you're listening to this podcast, if you listen this long, and you haven't gotten angry and stopped it or sped it up to where you can't understand what we're saying anymore. <laughs> um, I, I would encourage you just as an exercise of Christian humility, wherever you stand on what's going on right now in the world, look for somebody who holds a, a, a opposite viewpoint, maybe even one that really frustrates you, one that you just cannot believe that, that a rational human being would think this. Hopefully you can think of somebody that you respect as a person. And, you know, we all have people in our lives who are like, man, I agree with them most of the time. I cannot believe they hold this view or I can't believe that they see it this way. And, and listen and try to understand, um, because the, the reality is that the root of these things, what the enemy tempts us and lures us with, there's nothing new under the sun. It ends up being the same root. We have human beings have the same root fears, the same root desires, they manifest them in different ways, but we all have fears of being um, being left alone, of being unheard, of being left vulnerable, of being, you know, of these, these different fears that we kind of all have. 
And then we all have these same desires. And if you can listen to somebody else and say, okay, I don't agree with your conclusions on where you have arrived on this, but, but I understand what's fueling it underneath. And maybe, maybe it ends up being a sinful desire, but it's one that you can relate to and you can say, okay, I may not have been lured in that area, but that, that issue, whether it's, um, whatever the case is, I can say, but I've been, I've been lured by that in other ways. And so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray that God would deliver us. And, um, or you may find that you, you realize that, oh, I get the root of what you're saying. I don't carry it to this level or to this direction or whatever, but I'm, but I'm hearing the concern. And I, I would just encourage you to do that. I like put James one nineteen into practice and listen to somebody and, and be disciplined and listen, even when you're frustrated, even when a buzzword is said and it makes you, it, the enemy is saying like, oh, there's that word. And, oh, that means they think this, this, and this just stop and listen Mm -hmm. and, and see what God would, would do in that. If, if Christians right now would lead out in that, I wonder what would happen if Christians were seen as, um, because right now we know we have Christians who are all over the map politically but if we really were united around the gospel, you'd think that we would be the leading force in in unity and bringing about reconciliation. Um, and right now, unfortunately, that's not that's not the case. But it can be. Like, hmm. it really could be. So that's kind of my hope right now is that we would be able, because like, if we can't have these conversations as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, then what are we doing? Like, I agree. Who, who's going to be able to do that? I don't. I don't know anybody else that could. So, there you go. There's my little. There's my little sermonette. And Christoph's telling me to land the plane and cut it off. Whatever, Christoph. He's so wise, isn't he? He is so wise. <laughs> there's his bearded face. By the way, to end it, we'll, to end this on a different note. Jeff, do you have anything to add to that? Even though Chris, Christoph won't cut you off, he'll just cut me off. No, I think that's a great practical step for. I know myself just listen and don't start formulating a response. Just keep listening. Just listen. I know that's an encouragement. Thank you. And listen to the Holy spirit while you're listening. Yeah. Listen to the voice of the spirit. So I think that's the note we will wrap up on. Um, so we are appreciative of you taking the time to listen. And, uh, I think that will do it for this podcast. I do want to mention one more thing. If you did not see Christoph's post this week about his journey over the last um, year, two years, two years, hold up the fingers. Since Christoph. October. Oh, one year. No, he's he's muting himself. He's not even going to talk on it. But I, um, he wrote a, a post about his journey um, and getting physically healthy and, and on the right track in, in that way. And it's really encouraging. And I love especially how he paralleled it with his walk with Jesus. But um, Christoph has been an incredible inspiration around the office here and his his discipline and his consistency and um, and just his humility in it and his um, his pursuit of Jesus in it. I, I just could not could not be prouder of him. And so if you are friends with him on Facebook, uh, make sure you check out that post and Um, I I hope that it's an encouragement to you as it has been to us. So on that note, we will wrap it up and we will talk to you next time. Mm